my name is Jason, and you're listening to the Embrace Church Podcast. God is doing some incredible things at each one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota. To learn more about Embrace and maybe plan your visit, head on over to imembrace.com. We hope today's message brings you hope, inspires you, and encourages you in your walk with God. Let's dive in to today's message. So I just have to say, getting started, this might be my favorite series we have ever done as a church. I know, very controversial getting started today. And it's not just because I get cool walk-up music, which is kind of a dream come true for me in a lot of ways. No, I just loved getting to see and hear these wonderful, iconic songs and the stories and messages behind them. I've also loved to see these cool covers that our worship team has done. And also, I just love music. And it doesn't even have to be good music. Like when you're at a party and somebody like takes out a guitar, a lot of people are like, dude, put the guitar down. Nobody wants to hear you do that. I'm like, I want to, I want to hear him. I want to hear him do it. I love music. I'm absolutely fascinated uh, by it. So if we've not, if we've not met before, my name's Travis. I'm our campus pastor for our Sertoma campus. What's up, Sertoma, uh, by the way? But we are going to continue this behind the music message series. And if I've not made it clear, I am pumped about it. We're going to look at that song, uh, Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. Boom, 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 boom. Such a cool, iconic intro to a song. Tracy Chapman wrote this song in 1986, released it in 1988. Uh, it wasn't crazy popular. It was popular at the time, but it wasn't a smash hit. Uh, it did reach number one on the charts in Canada, uh, but let's be honest, it's Canada. Probably not that hard to do that. Um, so, but crazy popular or not, you might have still heard about it because this song is special. The subject matter in the song is so relatable and timeless over the generations. In fact, you may not have even known that Tracy Chapman was the original artist because this song has been covered countless times by various artists over the years. Justin Bieber covered it, uh, Sam Smith, Passenger, most recently uh, Luke Combs uh, covered it this summer. Uh, but even if you don't know the song, uh, you're about to get to know it really well. Let's take a look uh, at the first lyric in the song. Also, uh, just one more plug for Luke Combs. I cannot recommend the song enough. Take a look at it. But here's the lyrics. Uh, you got a fast car and I want a ticket to anywhere. Maybe we can make a deal. Maybe together we can get somewhere. Any place is better. We're starting from zero, got nothing to lose. Maybe we'll make something. But me, myself, I've got nothing to prove. So this song, this is a personal story narrated by a young girl about her life. And right now, this young girl is not super excited about where she's at in her life right now. She's like, you got a fast car? I want a ticket to anywhere. Like, just get me out of this place. I've got nothing here, so I've got nothing to lose. Just let's get in that car and let's go any place. It can't be worse than it is here. And I just wonder, like, can anybody relate to this? You ever just think, can we just start over? Like, is there a reset button around here somewhere? Any place is better than this sometimes. Hopefully we don't feel like that all the time. But when we're down, when we're discouraged, when it seems like it's just one thing after another, does anybody ever just feel like, man, I want a fast car and I want to get out of here and just start over somewhere else? Let's take a look at the next lyric. You got a fast car and I got a plan to get us out of here. I've been working at a convenience store, managed to save just a little bit of money. We won't have to drive too far. Just across the border and into the city, you and I can both get jobs and finally see what it means to be living. Such a cool line. So she's got a plan. 
They've got a fast car, and it's going to take them somewhere with a future, right? Somewhere where they can both get jobs and finally see what it means to be living. Again, such a cool way to say that. Guys, the subject matter in this song is dynamite. That's why it keeps getting covered over and over again throughout the years. This song, this young girl's story, is a picture of all of us. It's a picture of the triumph of the human spirit, right? If we're alive, if we're sucking air, if we can fog a mirror, then anything is possible. It doesn't matter if we're broke. It doesn't matter if we're we're in a dead-end job. It doesn't matter if we've got hope, if we've got a fast car, if we've got this glimmer of something, then anything is possible. This car can take us anywhere. Anything is possible. Let's take a look at the next line. You see, my old man's got a problem. He lives with the bottle. That's the way it is. He said his body's too old for working. I say his body's too young to look like his. My mama went off and left him. She wanted more from life than he could give. I said, somebody's got to take care of him. So I quit school, and that's what I did. I think one of the reasons why I love music so much is it creates the safe place for us to connect with real things and with hard things, right? This young girl in this song, she has a plan for her life, But then life happens. Her dad's an alcoholic. Her mom leaves and she's got to drop out of school and work at a convenience store to take care of her dad. Tracy Chapman said this in an interview. She said, "Uh, this song, it represents the world that I saw when I was growing up. I was just watching people struggling, working hard, and hoping that things would get better. Now this song, it might represent life when Tracy Chapman was growing up, but it kind of sounds like life right now, doesn't it? People struggling, people out of work or working jobs that they don't like, people dealing with addiction, the list goes on and on. This song reminds us that we live in a world filled with struggle, whether it's in the 1980s when the song was written or right now in the middle of a pandemic and social unrest and hardship and so much division in our world. This world has been and continues to be filled with struggle. So what do we do with that? What do we do with that? Let's take a look at the next line in the song. You got a fast car, but is it fast enough so we can fly away? We got to make a decision. We leave tonight or live and die this way. And then the chorus, if you know the song at all, you might know the chorus. See, I remember we were driving, driving in your car with speed so fast I felt like I was drunk. City lights lay out before us and your arms felt nice wrapped around my shoulders and I... Had a feeling that I belonged, and I had a feeling I could be someone, be someone, be someone. Such a cool song. Is this not a cool song? Because doesn't it just feel like it's just a warm summer night, you're in high school, and absolutely anything is possible? I love this song. But the question, what do we do with these struggles? Well, I think the song makes an important suggestion. We got to make a decision we got to make a decision. We can live and die in our struggles, like the songs, we can live and die this way, or we can leave tonight. We can live and die. We can sit in our struggles. We can, we can just resign our facts to, ourselves to the fact that it's never going to get better, or we can choose to hope. We can find a fast car, whatever that looks like for us, And we can choose to hope that things will get better. Guys, this song, don't miss this. The implications in this song are life-changing. Okay, this girl, she's got nothing, 
Her dad's an alcoholic. Her mom left her, and yet she's got a feeling deep in her bones that she can be someone, be someone, be someone. Why? Because she's got a glimmer of hope. She's got a fast car, and if she's got hope, then anything is possible. That car can take her anywhere. She's got a fast car. She chooses to hope, and if you've got hope, then anything is possible. Guys, hope is so powerful. Let's look at a stat right now. This is, this is about education, how hope relates to academic achievement. It says hope, it predicts academic achievement more than intelligence, personality, or previous academic achievement. Essentially, it says if you want to be successful in school, all you got to do is hope. Okay, it doesn't matter if you're smart. It doesn't matter if you're intelligent. You can graduate if you don't have a good personality. All you need is hope. Which kind of explains why so many people graduate from USD every single year, right? Mankato State. <laughs> I love using this platform, just raz USD and Mankato State. Uh, it's true at work, too. It's true at work, too. We got staff for at work as well. Hopeful salespeople, they reach their quotas more often. Hopeful mortgage brokers, they close more loans. Guys, hope is powerful. When you hope, anything is possible. And these might seem like simple statistics to you, but this song and these stats, they point to the truth that when you have hope, anything is possible. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, it's, it's kind of easy to hope in school. It's kind of easy to hope that your work life will get better. And it's certainly easy to hope when you're a fictional character in a song. But what about my life? What about like real life struggles? It's not so easy to hope when you've got real life stuff going on and you're right. You're right about that. I remember growing up, a good friend of mine, uh, he lost his dad uh, in a work accident when he was just in elementary school. And then a couple of years after that, he lost his sister to leukemia. And then a few years after that, his older sister died in a car accident. Whenever I think of like real life stuff, real life struggles, I always think of this friend. He lost almost everyone he loved, a dad and two sisters. His struggle was devastatingly horrible. And yours might be too. Yours might be too. You might feel like there's no getting out of your struggle. You might be stuck in a rut of anxiety or depression You might be scared about all the crazy things that are going on in our world right now, and the news keeps telling you things are only getting worse. You might be lonely, and your partner just told you they're not coming back. You might have a sick loved one, and the doctor said they're not getting better. You might be like my friend, and you lost somebody that you love so deeply. And in your mind, you're thinking, there's no way, there's no way that things can ever Get better. And if you're feeling that way right now, know that I hurt for you. And I hurt for our world that has been and continues to be filled with struggle. But I know this to be true. I know this to be true. Despite how hard struggles can be, we still have a decision to make. We still have a decision to make. We can live and die in our struggle. We can sit in them. We can choose to be hopeless. We can choose to give in to sadness and anger and regret. We can sit in them, never choosing to love again. We can give up completely. Or we can choose to hope. We can find a fast car. We can hop in and we can choose to hope that things will get better, even if we don't know how they're going to get better. We have a decision make. 
The Apostle Paul, he actually talks about something really important and really related uh, in a letter that he wrote to the church in Rome about hope. This is a beautiful and countercultural progression of what struggles can look like in our life and what they can lead to. There's this fresh, bright perspective for us, one that the world will never tell us, right? There's, a, there's so much shortage of fresh, bright perspectives on struggle in this world, and yet Paul has one for us. He says this. He says, we can rejoice too, When we run into problems and trials, struggles, right? We can rejoice for we know that they help us to develop endurance. And endurance, it develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. Paul says, hey, uh, when you have struggles, and notice he said when, not if. When he wrote this in around 55 AD, they had struggles just like they did in the 1980s and just like we do now. He says, when you have struggles, there's actually a different way to deal with them. They might be horrible and terrible, but the results of them don't have to be horrible and terrible. There's a progression that's different. There's a countercultural progression. What is that? Well, our struggles... They can develop something other than hurt, something other than pain. We have a progression here that we can look at, that our struggles will develop endurance inside of us. And that's actually the exact opposite of giving up, right? If we're, we know great athletes when we think of endurance or runners, when things get really hard, they're pushing, they're sweating, they want to give up, but they have this driven endurance, this will not to give up deep inside of them. Paul says that's what struggles can do in us. It can develop a willingness or an unwillingness, excuse me, to give up. An unwillingness to give up. And once we do that, that endurance, it can actually develop a character inside of us. We know what character is, right? It's an integrity, a grit inside of us, strength of self. That's what struggles can do. And once we've developed that character, it ultimately produces hope in our life ultimately produces hope. And I couldn't put it any better or more simply than Paul does. What does hope do for us? Hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint us. Now, I want to make something really clear here because I haven't had the opportunity to do so. Uh, But I believe that this progression right here is true for every single human being. I truly believe that every single person, when they face struggle, they can endure through them, that can develop their character, and that character can result in hope. But if you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Jesus, or you would ever considering following Jesus, there is so much more to this story. Because the hope that Paul is talking about, the one that doesn't disappoint, he's ultimately talking about our hope in Jesus. Our hope that Jesus, when he died on the cross, he was raised back to life. Our faith that he defeated death. And because he defeated death, we can't lose our hope. We can't lose our hope because if we can win over death, then we can win over any struggle in our life. So again, struggles to endurance, endurance to character, character to hope is true for everyone. But if you are a follower of Jesus, even if your struggle leads you to death, you have a hope in eternity to look forward to, a hope in Jesus' victory over death that does not and cannot disappoint you. It just doesn't. Guys, we need hope. Without it, we're lost. With some of the struggles that you and I go through, man, if we don't have hope in that area, it can, it can bring us down a path that we would never want to go. In our anxiety, in our depression, in our fear, whatever it is that we're facing right now, if we lose hope in that area, we can start to lose hope in every area. 
There's a stat that we're going to look at right now. As uh, important as hope is for us, as powerful as hope is for us, losing hope can be devastating. It can be devastating. It says hopelessness is the leading predictor of suicide and more closely associated with suicide than even depression. That stat says that, that if we lose hope in one area, we can start to lose hope in every area. So we have a decision to make. You and I, we have a decision to make. Will we live and die in our struggles? Will we sit in them? Will we give in to sadness and anger and hopelessness? Or will we choose to hope? Will we choose to hope that things will get better? As always, um, with any message that I really ever hear or for sure ever preach and speak, I'm not just talking to all of you today. I'm talking directly to myself. Specifically over the last couple of months, I have struggled to choose hope. It's no secret uh, that the church looks a little bit different right now. Our crowds maybe aren't as big. We're doing fewer things in person, and that's all very good and safe and a good decision. But let's just say I've been struggling with how different church has looked lately. As a pastor, my, my, my kind of life's work has been to gather people together, to connect people to purpose, to unify people together, and tell those people about Jesus. And I've not been able to do that. Or at least I've not been able to do that in the same way that I'm used to. And I've been struggling with my purpose. I've been struggling if God is still using me. I've been struggling with whether or not our people are being cared for. I've been struggling with whether or not our church is doing enough during this time. And I got a phone call the other day from a couple that goes to our campus. And I absolutely love this couple. They're amazing, amazing people. I love them dearly. But when she called me, I couldn't help but get a sinking feeling in my stomach because I thought she was calling me to leave the church. They're amazing, godly people. They must know that God's done with me. They must know that things look so different, so that so God must be done with embrace. They must know they're wonderful people, so that's why she's calling me. That's all the things that are running through my mind as I pick up this phone. And after some initial pleasantries, she gets down to why she called me, and she said, hey, Travis, I'd like to talk to you about our giving. And that might seem like a relatively benign thing for her to say, but for me, this was the beginning of the conversation that I dreaded. They were going to stop giving because they were done. They didn't believe in my leadership anymore. They didn't believe that God was still using embrace anymore. We weren't, we weren't doing enough. They found another church that was doing better or doing more. They must have known. God's done with me. Thankfully, she kept talking and she said, hey, Travis, uh, I want to talk to you about our giving. We really trust your wisdom in this area. We really trust your leadership in this area. And uh, God's really blessed us during this time. We, we feel called to give away $10,000. And Embrace has been doing some amazing things during this time. We thought that we might consider giving it to Embrace. So I just want to talk to you about that. See, I'd made the decision to sit in my struggle. I made a decision to live and die in my hopelessness. And yet with one phone call, God said, hey, I got a new decision for you. I question whether or not God's moving in me or moving in the church, moving in our people. And with one phone call, God said, yes. Yes, Travis, for the kids in the back. Yes, as loudly as I can say it. Yes, I'm still moving in you. I'm still using you. I'm still moving in your people. I'm still moving in the church that I love so deeply. Yes, 
I'm not even a little bit done. Because the messages that we tell ourselves, the messages that the world tell us, they just suck sometimes. Sorry, they just suck. Okay, I'm a pastor at a church. You think I have a better message than this, but my message without God is everybody is giving up. You might as well give up too. The world tells us that things are terrible right now and they're only going to get more terrible. Don't listen to either of us. Listen to God's countercultural, fresh, bright perspective, his new progression for your life that struggles, hard stuff in your life. It can develop something other than hopelessness. It can develop endurance, a drive inside of you, an unwillingness to give up, and that unwillingness to develop a strong character that's hardened, that toughens up over life so that you're not swayed back and forth by the waves of this life, by what the news says, by what politics tell you, by what our social environment tells us to believe. No, instead of this character, it develops a hope inside of us. It results in that. God says, don't get caught up in your struggle. If you believe me, if you don't lose your hope in me, know that I'm not done with you. But we've got a decision to make. We've got a decision to make. We can choose. We can live and die in our struggle like the song says. Or we can leave tonight. We can hop in a fast car and we can choose to hope. Which one are you going to do? Let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for your countercultural message of hope. I pray that you would even protect us from believing so many of the lies that we hear and see, the lies that we even tell ourselves. God, would you protect us from those things? And would you help us to choose you? Would you help us to believe that things can get better? Would you help us to believe that if Jesus was raised from death to life, that no struggle on this earth can win against us either, God. You won. Help us to believe and know that. Help us that that to affect our lives. Help us to follow this countercultural pattern, this countercultural progression, that our struggles don't have to end in in failure or giving up, God. They They can result in hope in you that things will get better, God. We believe that you can do that. Help us to do that. We ask that in the powerful name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message moved you in any way, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to never miss your dose of encouragement. You can also follow us on social media with the handle at I am Embrace. Again, we are thrilled you took the time to join us today. And if you live anywhere near one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota, we would love to have you join us in person. You can find out more and start a conversation at IamEmbrace.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.